Welcome to Living Freely Podcast, where our mission is to provide you with down-to-earth topics on mental wellness and realistic tips for living life more balanced and achieving optimal mental health. Living Freely is brought to you by Norfolk Public Libraries in Virginia and hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor and passionate about providing you with strategies and up-to-date information on mental health. Join in weekly for a brand new episode of Living Freely, helping you live well and be well one podcast episode at a time. Hi, and welcome back to Living Freely Podcast. I am so grateful that you are here today. And in case you caught the title of this particular episode, I am going to be sharing all about the benefits of practicing gratitude and how practicing gratitude can literally change and rewire the way that your brain functions. It is such a magnificent practice that is honestly free of charge. Anyone can practice gratitude. It's something I frequently encourage folks to pay attention to what they're grateful for. And there are so many different exercises in practicing gratitude that can really become part of a person's daily existence. And it's amazing to me how sometimes developing very realistic small habits can reap huge benefits. So that's kind of the name of my game. That's really why I am so fascinated by different therapeutic strategies and methods for behavioral change, mood changes, and my favorite changes by far are the ones that are free. They are accessible anytime. And after a period of time on doing something consistently, like practicing gratitude, it has the potential to really yield huge results and big results. And there is the science to even back this up. So to get us going for today... I thought it would be a little bit interesting to talk about how gratitude practice in being mindful about what a person is grateful for has actually been shown to change the brain. So I found a wonderful article in positivepsychology.com, Neuroscience of Gratitude. You know I love my resources. And this particular article talks about how studies have demonstrated that at the brain level, moral judgments involving feelings of gratefulness are evoked in the right anterior temporal cortex. Now, that right anterior temporal cortex may not necessarily ring too much of a bell for you, but the one piece I want to point out is that each area in the brain, whether it's the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, this anterior temporal cortex here, they all coincide with different emotions, our decision-making, all of the above. And so it is just so important that we understand how the brain functions and then even how different practices affect the brain. And so in this very same study, it was also revealed that one of the reasons why some people are naturally more grateful than others is the neurochemical differences at the central nervous system. 
So people who express and feel gratitude have a higher volume of gray matter in the right inferior temporal gyrus. So this is really fascinating because our central nervous system is kind of what guides a lot of our emotional expression in many ways. When you have a hyperactivated central nervous system, this typically indicates that you're experiencing anxiety or high levels of stress, whereas gray matter is part of our healthy part of our brain and what can be really important to understand that it houses many of our cells and our nerve synapses. And so when gray matter is ultimately damaged, it can cut off or start to limit the communication between areas of gray matter. And the reason that this is important is because so much of the gray matter in our brain is essential for almost all aspects of human life. Gray matter allows us to control our movements, have memory retention, even regulate our emotions among many other different functions of gray matter. And so for the practice of gratitude and for individuals who are naturally more grateful to have literal neurochemical differences at the central nervous system level, as well as a higher volume of gray matter, tells me that the excess of gray matter or the higher amount goes into probably that the person being able to better regulate emotions, maybe self-soothe, maybe even feel more uh, optimistic, maybe too strong of a word, but feel better about life overall. So it just goes to show that this practice, and I feel like I keep saying that, but it is just fascinating to me. And this is the total neuroscience nerd coming out in me that just gets so thrilled by the studies that demonstrate how mental health is impacted in the brain. And it just is, like I've said, important in telling. So when we look at gratitude and neurotransmitters, which neurotransmitters are the different synapses, different parts of the brain that communicate to one another, essentially, and they have found that gratitude is a natural antidepressant and that the effects of gratitude when practiced daily can be almost the same as medications. That's major. And it can produce a feeling of long-lasting happiness and contentment, which is the physiological basis of which lies at the neurotransmitter level. So then when we go on to go through this research study, it tells us that when gratitude is expressed and received the same, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin. And dopamine and serotonin are our feel-good chemicals. If you eat a piece of chocolate cake, sometimes you get a hit of dopamine. If you have a great workout, you may feel that, that increase in dopamine. When you're happy, when you're in love, you feel dopamine. And so these are two crucial neurotransmitters responsible for our emotions, the feel-good 
neurotransmitters. They enhance our mood almost immediately, and they can really create that sense of happiness internally. But it was found that by consciously practicing gratitude every day, so this means that even if you don't naturally consider yourself somebody who practices gratitude, which it can be a very much a learned skill, and you you recognize this about yourself, maybe I could increase my gratitude practice, then by consciously practicing gratitude, it can actually help these neural pathways to start to strengthen themselves and ultimately really create a permanent, grateful, and positive nature internally, kind of within. And as I've already shared, this also happens at that gray matter level, which was also demonstrated in the research, which is really wonderful. So when we look at gratitude practice and social psychology, which is ultimately the study of social, (laughs) the study of how human beings interact with each other socially, um, how we react when we're in love, when we experience fear, when we are in difficult emotions, how different groups function together, kind of all of the above. But gratitude has largely had a social aspect to it. And many have argued it's a socially driven emotion. So there was a study in 2006, a body of research that that states that social psychologists believed that gratitude was entwined with the perception of what we have done for others and what others have done for us. So according to the same group of researchers, gratitude is an emotion that targets building and sustaining social bondings and reinforcing pro-social, so those positive responses in the future. And if you apply this to your own life, I think it's pretty fair to say how much it means when someone comes to you and they are genuinely so grateful for something that you've done for them. This could even be somebody taking the time to just thank you for listening to them, for supporting them, or, you know, picking their kids up for, from school or whatever that act is that you performed. Maybe you weren't even expecting a thank you. And this person just goes over and beyond to say thank you. I'm sure we've all been there before and it feels really good. But then on the flip side, it also can feel great to be the thanker, to be the person who is thanking that other human being for taking time to do something for them that they needed to be done. So there is uh, a lot to be said about the expressions and the feelings of gratitude and in many cases, this equating to social support, feeling liked, feeling loved, feeling appreciated, which can lead to improved relational dynamics and improved communication, which ultimately leads to stronger interpersonal connections. I would even argue to say this could lead to more vulnerable connections, to more authentic friendships and relationships when gratitude is practiced. I even think about parents who, when their child thanks them, how nice that feels to receive that thank you. It's just so important. So in moving on to a little bit more of how gratitude ultimately affects the brain, 
it has been said that not only does gratitude enhance our ability to practice self-love and empathy, but gratitude significantly impacts bodily functions, physiological and psychological conditions like stress, anxiety, and depression. The one thing I'll share is that when generalized anxiety disorder is present, when major depressive disorder is present, it is so easy to lose sight of maybe things that are going on in life that you could be grateful for. I'm really walking this careful line though right now because I never want to promote toxic positivity and there are really some difficult things that happen in the world that we need to give power to expressing sadness, to crying, to healing, and to recognizing hurt that has occurred. But I'm also of the mindset that it's important to, so that a person doesn't necessarily get lost in the sadness, to remember what they are grateful for when they are in a place to practice that gratitude. Again, everyone's going to have different recovery periods as well as different emotional resiliency levels. And so I never want anybody to rob themselves of being able to sit in the sadness, feel it, and really process it, and maybe, you know, have a therapy session or five surrounding maybe the sadness and what's happening or however long you need. But when you feel in a place to maybe receive interventions or strategies for coping with depression or anxiety, then I I'm, I love a good gratitude practice. So we know that gratitude can be a gesture or a group of kind words that we give or even receive from others, but it's also been shown that these very seemingly simple exchanges of thankfulness really can go a long way in affecting overall biological functioning with particular emphasis on the nervous system and the brain. And in this day and age that we live in, I am not surprised if the majority of people to some level are walking around with a little bit elevated or hyperactivated nervous system because life is just really stressful right now. Things Life is very expensive. It's expensive to live. Um, gas prices are increasingly higher and higher. I mean, there's just a lot going on. I don't have to belabor all these points here for, for you to probably agree. And so to some extent, I think that the stress levels, I don't think I know the stress level, the anxiety, and even the depression are really at all-time highs. And so when you feel in a place to practice gratitude, there's just so much research to demonstrate the long-lasting and positive effects of such. So getting a little bit more into the neuroscience behind gratitude, and I won't belabor these points too, too much, but essentially in our brains, we have something called the limbic system. The limbic system is the part of the brain that is associated and responsible for emotional experiences that we have. This is where we bring in the thalamus, the hypothalamus, that amygdala, which is our threat detection center of the brain, the hippocampus, and the cingulate gyrus. Studies show that the hippocampus and the amygdala 
which the amygdala is usually that part of the brain that gets really on fire when high anxiety or stress are in your life. These are the two main sites, though, that regulate emotions, memory, and bodily functioning. Not only do they become activated, obviously, with stress and anxiety and depression, maybe, they also get activated with feelings of gratitude. And so that activation with gratitude, though, is the positive end of the spectrum. If we were going to put a spectrum on positive and negative amygdala and hippocampus functioning. So there has been evidence across the board that has shown that what we call emotions and feelings are actually neural activations in different regions of the brain. Makes sense. And that there there has been a study shown that individuals who have sought mental health guidance revealed that participants of the group who wrote letters of gratitude besides their regular counseling sessions felt better and recovered sooner. In my own work, when I suggest that somebody engage in gratitude practice, sometimes there's a question of, well, what does that even look like? How would I do that? And so my first response and suggestion, if you listening are interested, is to really think about What's a realistic time in your day that you could either sit down and jot down, I'd say, one to three things that you're grateful for? It doesn't have to be anything just beyond the scope of what you have time to do, but what would be realistic for you? Is it realistic for you to try this every day and write something down? Are you more of a person who likes to journal or... Is it, would it just be better for you to almost do some reflective thinking, some meditation? And this could happen when you're literally just taking a shower. And this is always one of my go tos. I think I've talked about this before on Living Freely because typically when we're taking a shower, you don't have your phone on you, the TV's not, not blaring, um, you're by yourself, and it gives you a second to just check in with you and maybe understand, okay, what are, what's, you know, one to three things I'm really grateful for today. This could range from my my child ate what I made for dinner. I am grateful that they decided to eat that. I'm grateful that I have support from a significant other or a friend. Or I'm grateful that I was able to, you know, get outside and, and mow the lawn. I mean, it does not have to be anything that is so major. And I think this is where sometimes folks can talk themselves out of doing something or even going to therapy because there's almost that feeling of, well, are my problems big enough or, you know, is it going to be a lot of work? And yes, therapy can end up being a lot of work and implementing positive practices can be work. But my hope for everyone is that you always find realistic strategies that work for you. But then also, realize that you're worth doing the work for and that it doesn't have to be something that takes over your entire life, that there can be tiny tweaks made that really add up. So the consideration for journaling or taking pause every day, once every other day to really meditate or write down, what exactly am I grateful for? And then of course, the more consistent that you are in doing something, 
typically the better the results will actually be. So believe it or not, there was also a body of research that showed that gratitude actually assisted in pain reduction in management. So there was a secondary study that was performed that conducted an evaluation on the effect of gratitude on physical well-being. And they, it indicated that 16% of the patients who actually kept and maintained a gratitude journal reported reduced pain symptoms, and they were actually more willing to work out and or cooperate with a treatment procedure. When this has been looked at even further, there was evidence to show that by regulating the level of dopamine, our feel-good chemical in the brain, gratitude actually starts to replenish a person with more vitality, which can go into reducing subjective feelings of pain. It's also one of those experiences where if you're focused on what you are grateful for or this has become a part of your day where you make it a point to say thank you to somebody else in your life daily, that it can take that emphasis off of maybe what is feeling really heavy or negative for you. Again, this is not meant to deny yourself from feeling a difficult or sad emotion, but when there is the presence of generalized anxiety or major depression, a lot of times the thoughts become focused on worst case scenarios or or depression can tell you information that your life is really bad that you have everything negative is going on anxiety can lead a person to not take action being paralyzed by anxiety or it can cause such intense worries that it can almost feel unbearable and lead to panic and that is why i always think that and recommend the practice of gratitude when a person feels ready to implement some different symptom management strategies because being grateful can help a person get outside of their own head, get outside of what their focus may be on that anxiety or depression is telling them is so wrong with them when in actuality, um, maybe practicing that gratitude and getting outside of your head helps to kind of jolt them into a different direction. So it's just really important to keep that in mind. The other piece about gratitude is that ultimately it has been shown to improve sleep quality. Sleep is so vital. Sleep is so paramount to not only our mental health, but our physical health. And I don't know about you, but if you've gone a night or a couple days without good sleep, it can really have some detrimental effects on your mood, ability to focus, concentrate, even communicate with other people. And so when we practice gratitude, there's been that link that it assists in sleep quality. So studies have shown that receiving and even displaying simple acts of kindness activate the hypothalamus, which regulates our bodily mechanisms, which sleep is a vital one that is regulated by the hypothalamus. And so the hypothalamic regulation that's triggered by gratitude 
essentially starts helping us get deeper and healthier sleep naturally every day. And so when we are filling our mind and our brain with gratitude, or at the very least, just practicing gratitude, it is more likely to assist you in sleeping better and even waking up feeling refreshed and energetic every morning. And this is fascinating to me because negative emotions have the propensity to really zap a lot of energy. And I don't know if you've ever been around someone who is just really, really negative. Everything is a complaint or they tell you that you can never do anything right. And in fact, nobody can do anything right around them. And it's just exhausting to be around someone who's always in that state of mind. And this study kind of backs that up because the antithesis of complaining about everything is to try to find some gratitude, which essentially is linked to better sleep quality and sleep goes into better mental health and physical health. So it all kind of just coincides and is linked up together, which is always amazing to me. Okay. So a couple more quick pieces about gratitude that you may find interesting is that of course, gratitude aids in stress regulation. So another study found that on gratitude and appreciation, when participants felt grateful, it showed a marked reduction in the level of cortisol, which is our stress hormone. These individuals who felt grateful grateful also had better cardiac functioning and were more resilient to emotional setbacks and negative experiences. So there have also been studies over the years that have established that by practicing gratitude, we can often handle stress better than others. So by just acknowledging and appreciating the little things in life, it has the propensity to yield those massive effects such as rewiring the brain to deal with the present circumstance with more awareness and even a broader perception. So to me, this goes into the stress regulation part, but it also goes into just the physiological component and that very strong link between mind health and body health. So for what's going on in your brain, the level of stress that you're experiencing We know that that can have the ability to negatively impact health. It can cause cardiac-related issues, heart issues, high blood pressure. And so I even think about if this is something that maybe you're struggling with, then at the very least, gratitude practice has been shown to assist in stress regulation, which ultimately can affect your heart and your your blood pressure. So it's just always good to know how the brain and body function, and it never, ever ceases to amaze me, these, these really intense links between mind and body. Okay, so if I, if I have sold you on the powerful act of practicing gratitude, I also now want to give you some really realistic interventions and just strategies that you can implement on a daily basis to assist you in your own journey with practicing gratitude. So let's go ahead and get into it. 
So obviously I have touched on this very first one, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail on how to really navigate the aspect of journaling. And so when I consider gratitude practice, journaling is always one of my first go-tos because it allows a person to have that tangible experience of writing something out. This is where you can reflect on the past day, the past week, and start to really recall three, one to five things that you're, I mean, it could be three to five things, but one to five things that you're especially grateful for. This is where you can spend time focusing on the good things that have happened to you or that you've done in a given set of time. I also think about how if there is a struggle with low self-esteem, with giving yourself credit and recognizing the hard work that you do, this is also a good practice to implement. This does not mean that you are being cocky or arrogant. This is your private journal that nobody else even has to see where maybe you're just working on building yourself up and recognizing, you know what? I did a great job with my kids. I did a great job in the workplace. I did receive that award for being, you know, most congenial or most hardworking, or I, I don't know if they give awards out uh, anymore at work, but if they did, then that is something for you to really take pause and state gratitude for, being grateful that you have a good work ethic, being grateful that you even received that recognition. It's always okay, and I think that the effects are twofold and threefold in terms of not only assisting in you know, healthy brain development, stress regulation, sleep management, all those powerful aspects of how gratitude affects the brain and body, but it also can assist in you recognizing that you matter, you're worth it, and that you have things that you've done in your life that you're grateful for and you are proud of. So I really, really like this one. This next practice to me is really fun, especially whether or not you have kids, but if you have a a little bit of artistic flair to you, it can be really fun. Now, this may sound corny, but I do do like to paint, and so to me, this would be fun. I actually haven't done it, but maybe I will, but it's to create a gratitude rock or even a gratitude portrait, and I know that you may have been out and about and seen those really cute rocks that are painted that people leave around cities and they have little messages on them or pretty inspiring pictures or pretty, you know, inspiring slogans or uh, things of that nature. But a gratitude rock can be the same thing. And again, this is would be fun too if you have kids or just for yourself. It could be fun for anybody. But this is basically a symbol, a physical object that you can use to remind yourself of what you have. I like this for folks who are especially tangible in nature. Maybe it's more helpful for you to see something, pick it up. Maybe it's harder to engage in that kind of abstract thinking. And so this rock can be a reminder of 
what it is you're grateful for or a reminder of, okay, did I, did I engage in my practice today? You could essentially do anything that represents uh, your gratitude practice. I mean, maybe if you really wanted to get into it, you could engage in gratitude practice in the morning. You light a candle. You kind of start your day with a nice cup of coffee or a cup of tea or on your way to work. You have a favorite, you know, music that you listen to while you reflect on what you're grateful for. But this is where gratitude practice doesn't have to be a one size, you know, fits or not. It's not a one size fits all. I should say that I got, you know, a little sidetracked there, but it's not a one size fits all. It can be anything that you want it to be, and it can fit you in a way that feels really, really powerful to you. There are also other tangible ways to express and practice gratitude. As I've shared, not only can you use that tangible rock or object as your reminder to, hey, I need to think about, you know, what I'm grateful for. I just, you know, had my rock in my hand. Let me think about this. But if you really wanted to go full throttle, some people have even engaged in planting a gratitude garden, whether it were flowers or vegetables or fruits, things of that nature. And this to me also is an excellent practice in mindfulness because you're working with the earth, your hands are getting dirty, you are spending time outside in nature, but it also can be a really reflective activity to consider being grateful to have the opportunity to to engage in this gratitude practice, to even make the garden in the first place. And so I like I like things that have that dual purpose. So the gratitude journal of writing down things that you're grateful for, things that you're even proud of for yourself, things characteristics about your personality that you're grateful for, but then the act of creating art, so creating painting that, you know, kindness rock, the gratitude rock, planting the gratitude garden. But if you are a person who also really thrives on prompts and slogans or mantras, then a really, really great free accessible gratitude practice is to consider the following prompts. Recognizing and saying, I'm grateful for three family members or I'm grateful for these three friends, or I'm grateful for these three things that are in my home. I'm grateful to work with these two people. I'm grateful for these three aspects of who I am and so forth and so on. And I share these with you just to hopefully inspire maybe some different realistic thoughts and strategies for you to implement because, again, not every strategy is going to fit perfectly with every person. Whereas one person may say, you know what? I've always wanted to plant a garden. I'm going to get out there and make that my gratitude garden. Maybe I even get like a cute bird bath and, you know, sit out there and meditate on what I'm grateful for. Where somebody else may say, you know what? I'm more of a person who journals. To journal and to engage in that journaling practice, that fits me a lot better. I, I like the variety of techniques that you can really meditate on and, and, and think about what could be the most helpful for you. 
So last but not least, I want to just really quickly tap into a gratitude reflection because to me, this one is probably very the most realistic in terms of it only requires you, yourself, and I, you, yourself, and you. Um, (laughs) Not you, yourself, and I, but I guess you could say that. But it's essentially you taking space to meditate and really cultivate a strong sense of self-awareness. I am a big fan of being self-aware, of recognizing your emotional response to people, places, and things, as well as paying attention to what you're grateful for and even areas that you could improve upon in your life. I feel like that is just a comprehensive part of being human is to recognize our strengths, but also our areas where we could build upon and learn from. So we know though that increasing and cultivating a really strong sense of self-awareness can also lead to a more enhanced sense of well-being and even feeling more confident and more in touch with who you are. And so to really practice and engage in a gratitude reflection, I encourage you to find a place in your home where you can fully relax, where you let the other people in your house, if you live with other people, you let them know, I am going to be doing a quick exercise or I'm going to be busy for a little bit. And you can just completely let yourself be in that present moment and be relaxed. This is where I encourage you to take a few really deep, calming breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Hold it when you breathe in through your nose for one, two seconds, and then out through your mouth and take a couple at a time and then start to focus your sense of awareness on your immediate environment. So everything that you can smell, that you can touch, that you can see, that you can hear, and then couple it with for these things, I am grateful or I'm grateful in this moment for A, B, and C. You get to decide what you're grateful for. You can start to build upon this and in another gratitude reflection exercise, really think about specific people in your life that you're grateful for. Again, those traits about yourself, but this couples breathing exercises with the practice of gratitude, breath and getting oxygen to the brain is a natural relaxant. So even if you struggle with anxiety, breathing exercises are wonderful and they're free and accessible to be able to self-soothe and calm. A lot of times in the moment when we are feeling stressed and anxious, it's we don't even realize that we're, our bodies are so tense. And so by cultivating this doubly important gratitude practice and breathing exercise, it's almost a double whammy of relaxation, but also working to incorporate those gratitude practice practices and really changing the brain. So gratitude practice is always going to be something that can be extremely important to keep in mind. We know that overall, it helps us to have more positive physical health, mental well-being, better sleep quality, better psychological health, even increasing our 
ability to practice empathy, so putting ourselves into other people's shoes, reducing aggression. It can increase positive relational effects and increase that social connection, enhance self-esteem, and just overall improve mental health and resiliency, but especially with the relational aspect, the relationship with self, but also the relationship for other people. You're allowed to be grateful for different qualities that you have. You are allowed to be grateful for different things that you have done and that you are doing well. It is so important to recognize yourself and give yourself credit where credit is due. And so I hope that by listening to this particular episode today, you've received some good feedback, some good information on how important practicing gratitude really is, and then some take action strategies that you can hopefully easily implement to maintain gratitude practice and incorporate this into daily life. As always, you know I am so happy to be here and I am so grateful that you're here today. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week wherever you are. Live well and be well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Living Freely Podcast today. As always, the information in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. It is highly recommended to find a provider in your area or by going to www.psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area. If you have enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to rate and review our podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts, so that we are able to be seen by more people wanting to get information on mental health and wellness. Thanks so much again for tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you next week for an all new episode. Be well.